Enemy power-up detected. Incoming Missile, a MechWarrior Online podcast. GLHF Mech fans, welcome back to another episode of your favourite New Zealand-based stompy robot-loving podcast. Uh, we're back again today and we are bringing you the first in our Target Lock series uh, for 2019. Uh, and this time, we've got line of sight and a low trajectory arc on none other than the first circuit podcast. Now, if you weren't aware, the First Circuit are a group of YouTubers and Twitch streamers who get together and give their input on MechWarrior-type games and related topics. Uh, it's a fantastically irreverent and casual conversation between a group of MechWarriors and friends, and they get together and talk about what's happening uh, at that point in time in the world of uh, MechWarrior and uh, those related titles. Now they do often have guest hosts on and the names that you might remember or voices that you have heard uh, do include Biter, uh, Lord Majestic, Old Bob 10025, Ian Dresery, Commander Lemming, Snuggles Time, TTB, Brios, uh, Bat Duck TW or everyone's favourite casual MechWarrior, Lash. Now it's a lot of names and you probably recognise them uh, if not from the podcast then as MechWarrior streamers as well. Uh, and, you, you know, general YouTube personalities. So they do do a lot related to MechWarrior. Uh, so if you haven't checked out the the podcast, uh, then certainly go and check out some of the individual content as well. Now, it, um, with so many taking part and so many contributors, it is uh, a pretty interesting conversation that they have. Uh, they do often go into the weeds, uh, but are generally a group of guys getting together uh, and having a good time. And uh, the fact they're able to organize uh, so many people across so many different time zones uh, is is pretty amazing. So yeah, well done to them. Uh, now, a couple of things before we did get into the main topic. Uh, the first is a reminder to check out the Marshall Olympiad Reborn, uh, which is the new 8v8 competitive league uh, that's starting up very, very shortly. Uh, so competition does have a new home. Uh, so make sure you are getting a team together and registering. Uh, jump on Reddit uh, and check out the recent post by Just Call Me Ash. There's also a couple of posts on the MechWarrior forums under competitive play. Uh, one by Ash and another by Live. Uh, so it should be a great tournament, uh, you know, even though it's basically being run by Australians these days. Uh, and yeah, we're happy to say that we are also going to play a part here at Incoming Missile Podcast. Uh, bro, bringing you regular mini episodes uh, to update you on the progress of the competition. Uh, and we are going to do a special one-off episode uh, with tournament co-organizer Live1991. Uh, and we'll cover off the key parts of the competition, the rules and what brought it on and all of those kind of things. So yeah, uh, do stay tuned. Uh, and that will be coming up relatively soon. But uh, yeah, get in there and organize a team and uh, make sure you are supporting competitive play in MechWarrior. And now the second thing we did want to mention as well, it's also in the good news category. Uh, and it's a reminder to check out the new website that has been launched by Isengrim. Uh, that's called Grimmex. Uh, it's a, basically a new and improved MetaMech site. Uh, and it's filled with competitive mech builds, mech ranking lists. 
uh, and tutorials and information guides. So uh, it's pretty much a must-have resource for any mech warrior. Uh, if you need a build or, or you need some advice on a certain mech, it's the place to go. Uh, there's a ton of fantastic material on there to help you. And it's been put together by you know top competitive players and kind of mech savants. I like Tarragato, Denia Walker, Metacanic, Navid A1, uh, Bowser, Blaketown, uh, Krasnopesky, uh, and Jay-Z. Uh, so do check it out, bookmark it. Uh, we will leave a link to it in the show notes. Uh, so make sure that you do get along. It is in beta at the moment. Uh, they've got some stuff in there, and I know that they're going to add some more. Uh, it's yeah, It'll be fantastic. So check it out and uh, give some feedback to Tarragato uh, on, on what you're seeing in there. Right, so back to the episode that you'll hear today, and uh, from the first uh, circuit podcast, we are talking with Old Bob and Biter, uh, who are two of the mainstays of the podcast. As you'll hear, they do bring a wealth of experience, uh, both as content creators and as podcasters. Um, now, they give us some insight, I guess, into the relatively organic way that the podcast did develop, both the stuff they do through YouTube uh, and Twitch, um, from the stuff that they were doing and, and their friendship and their time uh, talking to each other in Discord. Uh, they talk about their approach to the podcast uh, and, yeah, you know, we talk about the the MechWarrior community and the strength and the makeup of the uh, people that are in there. Now, there are a couple of fantastic and outstanding people and it was awesome uh, to be able to talk to them. Do be sure to check out their podcast on YouTube. Uh, that is under old Bob's channel. So uh, Google that and you will be able to find that. Make sure that you do subscribe and there's plenty of information in there uh, that tells you how you can support them to keep doing what it is they do. Right, let's get into it. Blag. All right, welcome back, everyone. We uh, have just been engaged in a fantastic discussion uh, about LRMs, but uh, we thought it was better to get started on the topic today. And uh, as I covered in the intro, Lucky today to be joined by uh, two MechWarrior legends and two members of the First Circuit podcast. So a big welcome to old Bob10025 and to Biter, uh, two of the hosts uh, of that podcast. So welcome along, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us on. Blarg. And Blarg, too. I do love the Blarg thing. Can you give me a little bit of a background as to uh, where that comes from? Is that like a Monty Python thing? Uh... I have no clue. (laughs) <laughs> Blarg has been in my life for quite some time, ever since like back in the, um, even when I played like Halo 2 back in the original Xbox. I don't know where I got it from, the most likely would probably be Red versus Blue, uh, where they they beat the alien, which is an elite in-game, who says Blarg a lot. Hold on, that's where you got it from? I, I, I'm not sure where I got it from, it's just so long ago. It's always been just a good way to basically grunt and affirm something or anything. <laughs> You guys are both common fixtures uh, and hosts of the First Circuit podcast. And of course, for yourself, old Bob, um, that's just one of your kind of content creation streams. There is some other stuff that you do as well. But obviously today, really keen to talk to you guys about the First Circuit podcast. But before we did get into the podcast itself, uh, are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself and potentially the other hosts as well? What led you guys uh, into uh, MechWarrior Online, uh, or probably prior to that, anything Battletech related? I mean, my history, at least with MechWarrior Online, I got into the game when Hairbrain Scheme started their Kickstarter for the Battletech game. I had been backing them before 
for their Shadowrun games. I'd never heard about uh, Battletech before it. And yeah, I fell in love with the MechWar Online. At least on Steam, I have, you know, a few thousand hours <laughs> I could have, uh, I, I could take back, I guess. But uh, yeah, I'm happy with those 4,000 hours or so. In the First Circuit podcast, I'm usually the guy who uh, who has a, a, a cheat sheet. I mean, has good internet knowledge with the game. <laughs> cheat sheet. <laughs> Tech guy. Yeah. So it, I, I usually like to be clear and concise about uh, the various topics we're covering and you know get get down to the brass tacks, so to speak. Um, as for me, God, I started um, probably in 1984 when the game first was called Battle Droids, and ever since then I've been always been a big fan of BattleTech, big gigantic sniper robots with weapons, and uh, pretty much. And then when the when the platform started going to PC and PlayStation, all that kind of stuff, or the PlayStation One. And Sega Genesis with the uh, with the with the game I forget what it's called though played that and and then and then progressed over into uh, Mech Warrior and BattleTech from Hairbrains Games as far as you know getting involved in all all that kind of stuff it's just I just what I love man I, I just I know I love the lore I love everything about the game it's just one of the things that's that's one of the, um, the greatest things I love about it because I'm a big history type buff and I love reading history of different things that went on from different planets and the whole space opera opportunity that that's that's out there that a lot of people miss inside the game itself i mean it certainly gives it a depth and i think a lot of people are kind of drawn to that that history um, that goes along with it so that um, you're not only playing a game but uh, you're doing uh, something within a universe that's uh, already been created and i think a, a lot of people are often drawn to that in other major franchises either games or movies um, so it is you know certainly something that I, for me i enjoy as well even though i don't know uh, a lot about it so, I mean, from, from fans, obviously, to the, the properties, whether that be games or, or content, how does that lead to both of you guys getting into, you know, content creation and, and streaming or, or, or getting a podcast up and running? In fact, let's go back one, because we actually have other hosts, which is uh, uh, Larch, uh, Larch, Casual, McWhorter, and then and then Ian, then a whole bunch of mess of other ones, like Commander Lemming. We have Aethermech, we have, you know, a couple of other hosts that kind of like, you know, jump on Bat Duck, you know, um, TW. And we all jumped up, but we have main force of four dedicated that jump in like all the time, uh, Biter, myself, Larsh, and Ian. But of course, we all have lives, and so like either I mean sometimes me and Biter are, are the only ones actually doing the podcast, and then uh, um, sometimes I I think we did it once with uh, just one person. It's just like we got to get the signal out there type thing. But uh, yeah. it's a yeah. great community like effort that we have uh, from the first circuit podcast with the hosts that we have. And then we have guest hosts like, you know, yourself next week and, and you know, like Majestic and all, you know, RJ and everyone else that come in to go help us out as well, too. Well, to somewhat roll these two things together, the various hosts and how I got into content creation, at least for myself, was, you know, I got into the game MWO. I was interested in seeing what other people were saying about the game, you know, builds and all that kind of stuff. So I checked YouTube. I found Lush's channel. Uh, I think I also found Old Bob's channel first as well, but you know I got into Lash's Discord. And, you know, I played lots of matches with people, got ingratiated with the group there. And we usually, at least back in the day, used to play matches almost, well, a lot of the time, almost every day, but particularly at least every Friday, every weekend, there was yeah. plenty of people on. And a lot of the people in Lash's Discord are the people who we see in the First Circuit podcast. Yeah, and for me, basically, as far as uh, getting into content creating, um, I, I actually started with Star Trek Online, uh, played that for um, years, and uh, got used to doing, you know, using OBS and streaming on Twitch and, you know, doing YouTube videos and everything, and then kind of it blossomed into what it is now, and, you know, going on from there. 
and you're pretty prolific, oh, Bob. You um, you know, do get a bit of content out there. The other hosts obviously bring something that's pretty unique to the content that you guys create. I think what I enjoy about the podcast is it does sound like a group of friends getting together and talking about something that they all enjoy. And obviously you see that with Lash's channel and yourself as well, uh, old Bob, when you're streaming, is that there's just that irreverence and fun for the franchise, uh, both for MechWarrior and all of those kind of things. And and that's what makes it a good, you know, a good listen or a, or a good watch. In your opinion, it was just a kind of a natural growth of the fun that you guys were already having getting together in Lash's Discord and stuff like that? Mainly for the podcast, though. Um, it, at, at first, it was just kind of, I wanted to actually have a, a resource for Twitch streamers and Twitch YouTubers that I spent five years, you know, learning and you know, watching tons of freaking YouTube videos and kind of learning the process of what, of like, you know, what goes on. And, and then basically creating the first circuit podcast was I wanted to actually help those people that, you know, are content creators and, and YouTubers that, um, that either need help on music, what's copyrighted, what's not, where to go and everything. We have resources like on the first circuit podcast of, you know, what's not copyrighted music, what is copyrighted music, what you can use and, you know, different resources that, that they can use to go help them with their con, you know, help them with their content. And then we just kind of just got together as a group of friends. Like at, at first we had no idea what the hell we're doing. We just kind of just got together and started talking about MechWarrior, about something that we love. And we got a group of people together. And, and then it kind of blossomed into what we have now of uh, really dedicated people, Biter, myself, Larsh, Ian, you know, and, and Bad Tuck TW. We kind of got together and really are dedicated to putting out good content. I mean, yeah, we do go off on tangents and everything. That's just what happens. But that's part of, you know, that's part of the First Circle podcast. But we, we wanted to um, have a, a quality content that people can actually listen to of a group of friends that, just like you said, love the game and love talking about it. I mean, yeah, for me personally, I, I fit very much into that, the mold you said earlier, which is just um, how I enjoy the game. I enjoyed podcasting. So when uh, heard, I heard they're doing a podcast, I said, hey, maybe I could join. I have some experience with it. Let's, let's do this. Yeah, exactly. It's nice. And I mean, from you know, a MechWarrior perspective, obviously there's a lot of streamers out there, but there's not necessarily uh, a lot of content like that where you can download it on your phone uh, and have a listen while you're at work or, or something like that. So uh, it's good to have that. I mean, you've talked um, a bit about why First Circuit Podcast was established and, and again, having that resource there. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of streamers that, that I've talked to have, have talked about that same thing, about wanting to be able to pass on the advice or, or provide a place where people that want to get into it can come to uh, with Mech Pilots United and, and stuff like that. So take us a little bit inside what putting together an episode looks like for you guys. I mean, there's a few hosts there. There's a few different time zones that you guys have to worry about by the sounds of it. I mean, how does it, uh, how does an episode come together? I think, um, you know, not to do us too much to say for the, uh, the service, but it is uh, mostly a fairly laid back affair. It's uh, you know, mostly a group of friends coming together and having a chit chat. And as far as organization, you know, in the, the chat group, we post uh, links to stories and things that we see happen throughout the week. And that is the, what we usually cover in our weekly content. MechWarrior Online does a lot of stuff. There's almost always an event, a sale every week. There is, of course, mech packs coming out, mechs coming out for C-Bills, MC, and, you know, a whole patch is coming out and, you know, the PTS as well. So... There's lots of things to cover, particularly if, you know, if you're covering something like the PTS, they've been doing lots of stuff with LRMs. So you could talk for, for days about LRMs. Yeah. We use those as a, basically as a starting off point uh, with just uh, a mind to the order of topics that we have arranged. So we usually like 
we cover don't just don't just cover MechWar Online. We cover uh, BattleTech. We cover some stuff from the tabletop as well, and upcoming MechWar Five. And then the back channels are are pretty much when we um, like when we go to record. I I basically sit through and take all the ums and pauses like through the podcast itself, render it, upload it, and then put all the different information, all the links, all the different uh, uh, topics we you know like basically cover like over the podcast itself. And then do the video like editing as far as the like intros and outros and plan to do more, but just time wise is is really killer. We used to in the past as well. We would stream the podcast live yeah. and it goes straight to YouTube and whatnot. And then immediately afterwards, we would do group drops with everyone. Problem we found though was it was really hard indeed to make sure everyone's schedules lined up. We had enough people there, and uh, particularly for those who are taking part on the podcast and then streaming thereafter. Yeah, you know, we usually play on Fridays. We can sometimes play for hours on end, yeah. and that's just after doing you know an hour-long so podcast, uh, which mm-hmm. is incredibly strenuous for the uh, streamers. So in the end, to make it more flexible, we use you know we changed it to we would record sometime in the weekends, and we found a time slot where most of us are quite available. Yeah, that's the hardest thing, actually, working with people from all around the world is finding time slots. It's like, well, how's 9 a.m. sound for you? Oh, I'm kind of in bed. And it's like, what? It's 9 a.m. No, I'm in bed. It's like, okay, fine. Okay, we'll try this time slot. We'll go do this. But, like, you know, Friday's just was very strenuous as far as uh, work-wise. You know, racing home to get to the podcast at 5 p.m. was really, really hard to go ahead and, like, have it done. And then we would miss some, miss some uh, hosts and everything. So, like, like Biter said, we actually said just do it during the weekends when we have some time. I mean, it's the thing that I find the most amazing that you guys can coordinate uh, all those hosts. And, you know, even just if you're all in the time zone, coordinating those times can be tricky. But the fact that you're able to do it uh, with people all over the world is, is amazing. Well, like I said, and, it's magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something that we have kind of talked to with a few content creators is that um, people sometimes aren't aware the kind of work that does need to go in. I mean, you know, we're talking about the organization, obviously, with getting people on board, but even kind of the drain that it can be. Uh, to get it recorded. Uh, and then if you're doing the live stuff on top, it, it can be a real drain, particularly, say, for Lash and yourself, or Bob, if you're spending out the time doing streaming as well. Uh, it, it can be a bit of work. It, um, As I said, it's it's really uh, laid back and irreverent, and I and I think you can tell that um, when you listen to it. Um, it does sound like, like friends that are uh, talking about kind of what's happening in the game or across the, the Battletech games at the time. Was that what you guys wanted to achieve? I mean, for um, First Circuit... And its place in the MechWarrior world of content creation. Where do you guys see the podcast fitting? You know, is it an entry point for people that want to learn about the game? Uh, an entry point for people that you know want to create content, that kind of thing. Actually, that's a good question. Uh, you know, just like I told you before, the um, the first process was to help the community, which is still part of what it is. As as far as in the future, well, that's a. I mean, it's 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 really hard to say because everything blossoms into something bigger. Um, you know, say like Twitter, basically. Twitter was just something that was out there, then it totally exploded. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm saying, you know, First Circuit's going to be like Twitter, but but the whole thing <laughs> is just, it's it's something you never know what's going to happen as far as like when you when you create something, when you actually have a good group of people with you, you know, and, and then it blossoms and, you know, like into something else. As as far as right now, I would probably say that uh, we're working on different other things. Uh, I want to make it more professional, um, but I still want to keep the uh, I still want to keep the laid back attitude, kind of like group of friends talking about something because I think that's a lot better for to have a organic feel to it than actually a um, you know kind of st- you know structure feel type stuff. If I were to say there, you know, what would be our 
most likely prospective audience or the ones who would get the most out of the first circuit podcast would be probably those who are interested in keeping up with the Battletech franchise and the things going on, you know, all, all the different various titles, but they're not uh, constantly in the loop. You know, they're not always checking Twitter. They're not always checking their discord or the Mechor online website because you know, every week we're covering all the new news related to Battletech like subjects. And when that is uh, quite a valuable resource in some ways, so just sit down and listen to an hour about all the stuff that's going on in Macro Online and possibly in Battletech, et cetera, et cetera. Because, you know, we always, you know, we're always looking at all the different various channels and pulling it together during the week. And then at the end of the week, we have a long chat and discussion about it, yeah. and exchange our views, but uh, yeah. That's at least where I see the most value to just the, you know, the common book out there in the wild. Um, <laughs> Not the more people. Really, Stop it with the mole people. That's an in joke. Let people come to the pod, well, come to the podcast. I know out about mole people. <laughs> yeah. Definitely go and listen. Um, and but but I, I love that uh, take on it. And and when you are creating content or uh, you do play quite often, sometimes you can forget that people aren't spending as much time listening to or, or watching other content creators, and so maybe aren't up to date on everything that's going on. And having that smorgasbord of content there where you really can come along once a week and still stay up to date, it is like a valuable service. And uh, a lot of the content creation out there is all in. So um, people streaming and they're streaming a lot, and so they are they're in it all the time. And so uh, sometimes people don't have the time to consume that. You know, we, we're all busy and we all um, have other stuff to do. So it is nice to be able to uh, just dip your toes in uh, and listen to, to good friends talk about what's happening in the game and, and get a bit of an update. For that as a service, do you see more need for that or less? I mean, how are you guys finding the feedback about the content that you create? Because, you know, we are going into Mercenaries 5 later in the year and hopefully what that will uh, lead to is growth across all of the titles. Uh, we had uh, Battletech released uh, a little while ago now and hopefully that did bring some more people to all of the titles, but have you noticed with the podcast that your reach is extending, that you're getting more and more people coming along and, and tuning in? I, I was kind of scared that people would actually would leave um, MechWarrior Online and go to Battletech, but it wasn't the case, because most of the people actually would play both games. And, and so since it's a diverse group of people that love the Battletech franchise, no matter what it is, MechWarrior 5, MechWarrior Online, or even Battletech, they play everything. And so it really doesn't matter about that. Yeah, the reach, uh, it, it goes. I mean... Uh, we have a, a group of people that actually, you know, like, just like we we're talking about, talk about find the different articles or what's going on or what's what's happening, and then we go ahead and kind of let people know about it. And so the reach is actually, you know, greatly out there. I mean, yeah, for me, it's you know personally just uh, uh, I, I enjoy just making the podcast primarily. I think there is a audience out there to you know, hear us chitter chatter away about stuff and to catch up with all the stuff that's going on over the week uh, on our own, per my own personal level as well. It's nice. Um, I like, you know, debate, discussion, that kind of thing, and um, meeting different individuals from across the community. So we're often on the lookout for you know, plenty of people to come in and be guests or even potentially hosts if they're interested enough in the First Circuit podcast. It's just, for me, it's all just about the fun of having a fun chat uh, discussion. And, you know, if the community grows and there's more people out there looking for fun discussions, well, that just uh, means they can listen to the First Circuit podcast and even take part in it. Well, I was going to say, like, also, too, it's, it's, it's the reaches out there, just like I was talking about, is that Battletech, MechWarrior Line, MechWarrior 5, and then even some other types of things that are out there that e either haven't been, been invented yet or are in the past who just haven't actually put inside the podcast. The reach is out there. 
because everyone loves big sniper robots with weapons. Everyone loves that kind of stuff. And and so so you know the audience is one of the things that uh, um, you know if they're craving for it, that's what you know like like we're trying to provide something for them. So just like every week, they go listen in their car and they can listen while they're doing work on their PC or doing whatever they you know and just what they're doing. I mean, yeah. my mindset is at least, you know, in regards to reach would be somewhat along the lines of Carpe Diem. Just seize the day, what you have mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. The, the, nice, uh, the nice thing about having you know, it, different, if you have different levels of reach, it's a very different experience. If you have a, a very small reach, it's actually a fairly intimate environment. You see the same commenters, you, you know, might as well reply to them in the comment section and have a discussion, and they can really inform the podcast for next time that you could even have them on. But once your reach expands, it gets huger and huger. When you know that YouTube video has thousands of comments, it's a lot less intimate. But yeah. instead, of course, when you have that huge reach, you are you have a big uh, say within the community. So yeah, there's pluses and minuses to any level of reach. And for me, I'm I'm not looking to attain a certain amount of reach. I just have fun discussing in uh, in podcasts, and that will always be the case regardless of our reach. It's just at the moment, you know, it's a fairly small community. It's rather intimate, uh, but you know, it, it's also quite nice to you know have your words actually have you know have some weight in the community if we ever got <laughs> big. But you know, those there's give and take and all those kind of things. Actually, do make a good point at that because like um, I I never wanted the the first circle podcast to have like supreme reach like say joe rogan or something like that never want to have that because just like you said it's just like you lose the audience um like like we have one person um uh, t- i think his name telmo that actually every episode he listens to the episode writes down everything he has um everything he thinks well like what we talk about and his own personal opinion cool guy and every single episode he writes this kind of stuff like inside the comment like section i love that and i love responding to him and i love actually talking you know responding to every single one of those because you know that's your community. That's who's actually listening to you, and uh, and that's that that is so cool that every single one he does that. And when he doesn't do it, I'm I'm afraid. It's like what happened to him? Like you know what goes on type thing. And that that that's really makes me feel really good about the first circle podcast is we're reaching to a, a small group of people that love the game itself. And uh, I never want to get that. I never want to get that big where just like in Twitch streaming, I never want to get that big where. The chat just goes just goes all you know all the way down and never want to get that big i want to be intimate with the people i talk to um, it's a really good point uh, and i guess probably what you're alluding to uh, is that there's almost a, a tipping point where you know a lot of the reason that you're doing it and a lot of the reason that, that there's satisfaction in it is that you can have that connection and it's one of the cool things i think about the mechwarrior community is that it is a, a relatively small game in the in the bigger scheme of things and for the people that do create content streamers that i've talked to it's that same kind of attitude is that you like it to be big so that it's successful and that there is a bit of reach, but you want it to be small enough that that connection to the community is still there. And because the community is such a good one, it's small, it's passionate, it's fun. If you lost that, you almost lose the point of the content creation. You know, no one's doing it to become the next big Twitch streamer. Everyone's doing it because they, they want that connection and they like the community. Exactly, exactly. But just to hit on another point uh, in there, and, and um, the reason I wanted to talk about it was, uh, it was really the reason for us, for myself and Captain Cat as content creators, why we wanted to start a podcast. And that was that uh, word discussion. Uh, I think podcasting uh, and what you guys do is relatively unique in the content creation world in that there is some active discussion. And whilst you can do it on stream, 
Uh, most people do tune in to uh, Twitch streams to watch and players and the popular Twitch streams often involve people that are really good at the game and people are tuning in to watch, you know, those, those high skilled players play. But I think what's really good and a sign that the community is thriving is if there's good discussion out there, good positive discussion about the game and about those, those factors uh, around it. Is that a, something that's important to you guys to kind of promote the conversation, promote the discussion uh, around the community? Yeah, I would say podcasting, the style like we do in the first second podcast is, from my perspective at least, something very dis- uh, distinct um, from all the other types of discussions you have about the games. The, the thing with watching Twitch streamers is, you know, you can comment uh, at them and, you know, ask for their opinions on things but it sometimes becomes a rather one-sided conversation where it's uh, what's your opinion on x and then they'll talk about x whereas of course like a podcast it's you're all sitting basically like around a uh, round table and you know taking turns uh listening to what each other say whereas sometimes stuff with forums or uh you know text conversations you can be um talking with strangers there's misunderstandings and it's harder to uh, put across nuanced uh points because you know, it, it, um, a lot of meaning is sort of lost sometimes in text descriptions. If you make yourself thorough and clear, you're you're, you're writing an essay <laughs> rather yeah. than rather than getting the point across to most people. So, you know, podcasting, at least in my mind, is a great way to have a roundtable discussion where everyone sits down at the table as equals, and we quickly and efficiently communicate with one another. Uh, you know, our various ideas about a certain topic. Yeah, that, that's actually a good point, because like when you're actually streaming, you pretty much have to be entertaining. Um, like I noticed like a lot of my um, a lot of streams that you have to you know, keep everyone like entertained, so you really have to keep the flow going. And with podcasting, it's a little bit different, though, because just like Butter said, we sit around a roundtable, BS about different things that are going on, and then kind of give our own opinions about what's going on and everything. And then even in the, in the comments down below, people could comment, and then we comment back saying, hey, you know, like, what do you think about this? Like, and, and we get some good ideas from different people that are out there. But, but streaming and podcasting is, um, streaming is really hard to actually get an active conversation of mm-hmm. things that are going on, because like Butter said, the context of a text is, is so vague and so crappy that you can't really, uh, like a lot of times I'm sitting there going, well, what do you mean by that, you know, type thing, and you think it's something different. So podcasting is a great way to kind of get your point across and and to kind of discuss different topics out there yeah i mean it allows you to explore the point as well which i think is fantastic and, and as you say with twitch streamers they've kind of been can be, be bombarded with either opinions on the same topic or different topics you know it does jump in i mean you said it perfectly oh bob that yeah twitch streams are about entertainment and you do have an obligation to be entertaining because people are choosing uh, to spend active time watching you Whereas a podcast is something that uh, is a smorgasbord that you can come back to. You can listen again, you can pause and carry on doing work or something like that. So it is a kind of unique medium that you know, gives the opportunity to do that. And personally, that's why I enjoy tuning in to you guys, because it is an opportunity to you know, hear topics, topics explored uh, and, and to hear that conversation. And because it is free form to a degree to you guys, it means it can go off. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you can explore things in a way that is kind of natural. And that you would if you were sitting in the Discord channel just chatting uh, while you play. Oh, definitely, man. We we went on to some really weird tangents. Like like one time we actually went through and, and tried to find all the planets and see what planets actually have descriptions. And we did yeah. about half the podcast for that. Then we talked about mole people. We talked about uh, there's a whole bunch of different things, man. But we go on tangents all the time. <laughs> And then the followers and listeners that, that come back time and time again, um, like you mentioned, you know, that's, that's what they come for. 
they come for those kind of, uh, it, it, as I said earlier, that irreverence. You know, it's just something natural about it, and, and I think people, yeah, they, they do respond to that, and, and that's why podcasting is a, is a good uh, format for that conversation. And with MechWire and the community uh, that we're in, again, I think that that's something that's really important because it is content creation is dominated by Twitch streams, right? It's dominated by uh, tuning in and watching people play the game. Um, so to be able to sit and listen and reflect, I think, is, is something that's really important. Well, yeah, plus also different formats. There's SoundCloud, there's iTunes, there's, you know, like watching on YouTube and having the background while you're doing something. So there's a different, a whole bunch of different like mediums and actually um, actively going to Twitch and watching, you know, whatever's going on. So there's a bunch of different formats you listen to, like in the backgrounds. I mean, um, personally, at least, um, I, I often view sort of Twitch and a lot of the YouTube content created is you know, primarily showing off the gameplay of MWO, whereas, you know, th- things like podcasts, build discussions, guides and the like uh, do a lot more just talking about the game in and of itself rather than you know, being about the gameplay. I mean, if you ever watch my gameplay, man, I'm a potato, so I, I don't know why people watch me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. So that's a, I mean, I'd love, to, I'd love to stream, but no one would uh, tune in for my gameplay. So it's a really good point, Bida. And um, yeah, when these people are streaming, then you are just seeing one element, and and it can be a little bit hard to explore. I um, mean, certainly some Twitch streamers uh, do it better than others, but it, um, the obligation is to be entertaining, and it and it does sit on a schedule. Uh, so that does kind of give it those limitations there. Uh, and that's kind of podcast comes to the fore. One thing I did want to hit on and, and something that I was really keen to talk to you guys about, because I think you both probably have really good experience with it, is the MechWarrior community and the different types of players and, and people and, and the way that the community uh, interacts. Uh, as uh, podcasters, you know, we we try to interact with our, our listeners, but we, we don't get a lot of um, opportunity to do it. But our experience has just been overwhelmingly positive. You know, the MechWarrior community has been fantastic and i haven't been heavily involved with many other games but been hugely impressed with um just how warm and welcoming it is you know even though that there is salt and that there is kind of disagreements and and uh, outrage but generally speaking it seems to me an amazing community uh, has that been your guys experience as well oh yeah i mean just it, it's amazing to tell you the truth oh my god um like I, I played the tabletop. I played BattleTech. I played MechWarrior Online. Played the other like Mech One, Two, and Three, and all kind of stuff. And and I, ha- I would have to say, um, out of everything, the MechWarrior on- Online community is one of the best communities I've ever seen and ever had the pleasure of being part of. When I was in my accident, um, you know, like uh, last month, I mean, they they came out in droves and like helped me, man. It's just, it, it's amazing that that this community does the stuff that they do. And yeah, there's salt. There's, uh, but like usually what happens is. That um, they actually go away. Um, they don't really actually stay in, in. They don't stay into the community because it's not that type of community. Um, one of the things about the community is that uh, we we're, we're actually pretty much all adults. Uh, you rarely find young people playing the game. Which I mean, young people is perfect for the game. It's a really good game to play. But you re- you you find people that play the game on the tabletop from years ago. They're now adults, and pretty much I mean. You don't see a lot of uh, um, adult babies pl- playing a game, but there are some. But most of the time, about ninety-five percent, you don't see that. And uh, and when they do, they get straddled out of the you know, like out of the uh, uh, community, and no one either plays with them, watches them, or or they get you know flag type thing. And so that's one of the things I love about the community is uh, uh, we kind of please ourselves, and uh, we we just like to have fun. We don't want to sit there and listen uh, to like someone have a lot of salt and go and do that kind of stuff. We just want to have fun, enjoy the game that we played for so long. 
and just just enjoy the community. And that's one of the things I love about it. You've mentioned a little bit about that. Maybe uh, the MechWare community has a, a unique demographic or a, a unique cohort in that there, you know, maybe it's a, an older player base. I mean, do you, do you think the key to it is that it there are a lot of people that have that emotional connection to the wider world that you talked about earlier uh, and, and just how interesting the wider world is? You can come to the game through many avenues. Uh, you can either enjoy even just a first-person shooter. You can enjoy Stompy Robots or you can uh, enjoy the lore and that kind of stuff. But you've come through some kind of emotional connection. And do you think maybe that's why the community tends to endure, that it tends to be quite supportive, is because people are there for reasons that aren't just the game? Oh, yeah, definitely, by far. You know, like I come from the lore aspect and from playing the game from 1984. And, and so I love everything about it. And so, like, you know, anything I can do to help out, the community as far as, you know, getting, um, you know, getting the word out about the game or doing something like that, I would actually do it no, you know, no problem. And just like, you know, demographics is they grew up playing this game, so they have a love for this game. Now, now let's say uh, Fortnite or, or games like that, when people play that, it, it just came out, so they really don't have, you know, there's really no lore, no aspect to the game itself, and so they're just there to go play the game first-person shooter yeah. and kill each other. But with yeah. this, they have a personal interest for MechWarrior and, and the Battletech franchise of, you know, they want to see it grow because they haven't seen anything for, I, I think, like 15 years since the last yeah. game. It came out like 10, 15 years or something. So they want to see this game be completed and be out there. Uh, whilst I think the lore is quite interesting, it's a lot of people who come from many different backgrounds and things, and, you know, uh, I would say actually the gameplay is actually still one of the biggest things I would focus on in regards mm -hmm. to... Uh, how loyal the community is, how dedicated the community is. It's uh, MechWarrior Online, you know, the Battletech mechanics and all this and that are, there's a lot of depth and complexity to them. There's a lot you have to learn. There's a very high barrier to entry, which is why indeed it, it, the community isn't necessarily as big as, you know, the more accessible games out there. It's usually a much more mature audience, et cetera, et cetera. But once you've learned those mechanics and systems, the game is very, very engrossing. Uh, and the lore is just sort of, to me at least, a little bit more of a cherry on top that um, there's just so many channels out there like Barrowdoor and whatnot, and you know, also the Twitch streamers. It's a lot about just you know, experimenting in the mech lab, coming up with different builds. You know, there's so many mechs in the game, so many different iterations and ways you could build the mech, so much you could discuss about all the various mechanics. There's a lot to get your teeth into, and that is why a lot of people are kind of stuck. Their teeth are stuck. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a good point, Bida. I'm like you, I fall into that category. I, I hadn't had anything to do with the franchise previously. It's the gameplay itself that keeps me there. And I just love the verisimilitude that, that is encouraged to go with it. I, I love that there is that lore and stuff there. I don't understand a lot about it, but I love that it informs what happens in the game. But it's the game itself, now the mech lab, the complexity. And as you say, there's that threshold to learning. So once you hit that, barrier or, or you get over the tip of the mountain uh, where you are at least kind of capable you want to stay because you've put that effort in to, to get into that point and once you get to that point a whole new game almost opens up for you uh, that experimentation and, and that and that's it's relatively unique and you yeah, know that's again another reason another draw card uh, for people to come into the game and then stay in there Oh yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing, even though lots of people, you know, they've learnt the game, they've learnt the systems, they've learnt, you know, what's better, so to speak. I often like coming to them and saying, Oh, hey, you've got the Trebuchet M. Oh, you've just put MRM sixty on it. Well, you know that thing has a NARC quirk, right? And with the NARC quirks, it's NARC and MRM has the same range and very similar velocity. You could put 
packs jump jets and run 40 in an arc on it, and that thing becomes quite a interesting tech mech. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna get all my bills from Biter, and it's like, oh, that works awesome, thank you, man. And, you know, yeah. Biter's a good guy for, uh, like, uh, you know, like, and, like, tech-wise. One thing that I did want to talk to you guys about, because what we do try and do in the podcast is at least have people understand uh, the different perspectives that go into, say, balance or some of the mechanics of the game. And one of the things that I think is sometimes hard to get across but is really relevant is the reason people play the game. Uh, and I'm not particularly good at the game, and I play it for fun. So I'd like to get better, but I'm really comfortable being at the level that I am. Uh, I can play with my unit mates. I can have Captain Cat send me builds and, and tell me about stuff. Uh, but I play it for the fun. And so stuff like meta and some of the discussions around balance, they are meaningful to me, and I have opinions. But because I play the game for fun, I also want those balanced decisions to keep that in mind. So there, you know, there are people that will be really, really concerned about weapon values and the meta and all of that kind of stuff. But another perspective on balance is around people like me that do play it for fun and whether a value is this or a value is that on something, it's not going to make too big a difference for me. Do you think that with the current discussion around balance and the future of the game, do you think that that's maybe missed a little bit, that people sometimes tune out to the fact that people like us do play it for fun? And, you know, that's what matters the most for us. And we're not going to be as concerned about weapon values or damage or mobility and stuff like that. Technically, I, I run in both camps. Uh, sometimes I just want to do the best mana mech I can. I'll use a Hellbringer or something like that and kind of use that kind of mech. And just like, OK, I just want to do really good and get, get my points for. But I think most of the time, though, um, I, I really don't care. I'll pop a couple of machine guns on there and go to it. It, it, it. You know, it does really matter to me. I. Just like you, you play for fun. I play for fun. I'll pop this on, pop that on, see what happens. Sometimes, like, everyone actually has a different type of game style play, and so they have different builds of what they use, and, and they're good at that type of build. And, you know, you never know what you're going to be doing, because once you actually start getting it into the Metamex, like the PPC Goss, um, um, like, jumpers they had a long time ago, it just got really boring. It got really boring that, okay, he's a PPC Goss guy, and so we're going to have to go kill him, and... That's it. That's all he's using, and that's all you see. I find it more fun when there's different types of builds because you have to really think on what type of tactics you can use against that type of mech. And for me, fun is most of the time. I mean, you know, like I said, sometimes I'll go do meta, but I mean that's rarely though. Yeah. Um, but fun is think, fun's definitely the you know bonus for me. Yeah, and I think that's the, the quintessential problem that is posed for say Chris and, and for PGI is that. The people that comment on balance, they have absolute legitimate points around weapon values and, and some of that uh, up and down stuff. But meta is about preventing a dominant strategy emerging so that you have to play it or it's not fun anymore. And that's kind of the challenge that PGI have is that they still need to make it fun for everyone. You know, they you want to make all playstyles viable uh, and you do want a player to be able to just chuck a a kitchen sink build in there or an irreverent kind of fun meme build and still be able to have a good time so you you know you, you've got to work all of that stuff and still allow still allow meta mechs to exist but also have the room that people can go in and play a fun build and have fun to give my perspective on this real kind of topic it would be you know i played the game for quite a long time i've mastered almost every single mech out there for the most part and I usually adopt, a, uh, I, I'm quite a bit of a heterodox, uh, which means I, I usually just go off and do my own thing. I like to uh, be unconventional, et cetera, et cetera. I usually 
at least when we're talking about balance and such, I don't, uh, you know, sometimes people get too obsessed about fun when it, it's, it, there's just so many different demographics and play styles and how people play. It's yeah. sort of, um, for me, it, it's uh, particularly like, at least when I'm suggesting builds to other people, I, I sort of see what mechs they use, what how the, uh, where they perform well, which ones they seem to think are good, and therefore I use that, usually use that to tailor it to them. The issue, I think, a big issue isn't necessarily about uh, those who are just there to throw together a build and have a good time, and those who are there for you know the strictly the best build. The, there's just sometimes the game is so complicated and so many interlocking systems, and there's not a lot of the systems aren't even documented, like clearly documented in the wiki. Yeah. That there's a lot of misunderstandings out there. So they'll bring out you know like this LRM PTS, and uh, upon them descends uh, thousands of their own personal. Uh, heterodox, uh, their their own personal orthodoxies and ways of thinking about the game, and all of those are somewhat valid. But it's um, trying to take that noise and uh, turn it to signal that can be the really difficult thing, I think, for at least in regards to PGI and in regards to productive discussions of balance. But like balance is is uh, is just an eye of the beholder, though. Some some builds work for other people, some builds don't, and so it, it just all depends. But you like you find like we find our, ourselves now into two different types of groups. Uh, you know the you know the the people you know win at all costs meta builds, and then the people that like really play the game and just don't really care about that kind of stuff. And and a lot of the uh, the people who win at all costs, they. They do bring up some good points about you know this should be balanced with this, this should be balanced with, like with that, which is fine. It's, it's perfectly okay. But um, what I find myself is that when you have people that are like win at all costs, the salt level goes up, and and then you really don't want to do anything like with them type thing. And that uh, um, it it the game progresses into you are the win or you just quit the game and rage quit. And if you have games that are like that, you you pretty much would not want to go play again and then bring down the overall community like in itself when you have win-at-all-cost type people. Yeah, um, this is a very, very, very... There's so much to this topic. It's yeah. why, you know, that is the fun of sometimes of podcasting. You could go into extreme detail of, you know, each weapon group, each weapon system, and you know just how it all works together, all the all the mechs they can fit into, and how people typically build their mechs, what the <clears throat> optimum build of the mechs are, what <laughs> those who think the most optimum mech build of the mech is, but actually isn't. <laughs> you know, like um, for me at least, my my usual, I mean, it's a bit maybe a bad example. But like I usually find that the smaller mechs are you know, very fast and agile. Um, they're able to spread damage qu quick and easily to the arm. So I usually put a lot of armor in the arms, and I usually criticize anyone who takes them off because they make them into themselves into glass cannons. But a lot of the you know more meta people in the community will strip a lot from the arms to get just that extra little bit of performance. And for me, survival is everything, or way more important than just those few extra KPH. But you know, that's all a matter up for debate. And look, it, it, you know, without going into the weeds too much, I mean, uh, you know, we've de we've dedicated many an episode to, uh, just to aspects of balance, uh, let alone you know the the whole topic. But you know, it's one of the cool things about it is that uh, you can come at from the you can come at it from the different perspectives, and and really that's the challenge um, that PGI have is that you know how do they work towards balance and how do they work towards a balanced picture uh, that will work both for both for the people that are trying very hard to win and uh, trying to find the best way to do that through through meta builds uh, and the people that are just happy to get in there and play uh, with whatever and everything in between so it just does kind of paint uh, how difficult that picture is but I do love um, again how in a podcast format or something like this 
you know, we can throw around those points and, and discuss the, the various pros uh, and cons. I was just um, thinking at least my hope is that, you know, hopefully podcasting and discussing it in this kind of format it improves generally the quality of the discussion where you can hopefully bring forth points of arguments and you know, really make your case. Whereas sometimes um, if it's in a forum, if it's, you know, text or just asking a, a streamer a question, more out there questions are just, you don't have the time to broach them. Like yeah. um, a simple example would be something like uh, consumables. One could try and make the argument, remove consumables from the game, but that changes so much. It's it's something you need a roundtable forum discussion for. It's um, something that, you know, gets a bit too trivially dismissed out of hand on the forums, or at least it's, you know, harder to make your case in that uh, scenario. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, we are tending towards uh, a bit of uh, a culture where uh, tone is lost, where we communicate through social media and some of these platforms where there isn't the back and forth. Uh, and as you guys will know, with having, um, you know, multiple hosts on your podcast, the back and forth um, and that tennis match of opinions, that's how you get to the best uh, idea for everyone. You know, there, there has to be that, that discourse there. Um, so that people can present things that you haven't thought about. And um, yeah, that does get lost a little bit, I think. Not if either. you call them an idiot in the first 10 minutes, <laughs> you're stuck with them for an hour. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, you know, one of the things with podcasts is that you do have that ability to introduce a bit more tone, uh, to explore things a little bit more, uh, have a conversation that's a bit more long form rather than just restricted to a number of characters or without the ability to, to lace uh, any tone or subtlety or to walk back any insults that you might make early on in the conversation. Well, the, the first point is not to have any insults. That's a whole main thing, though. <laughs> yeah, it's the art of good conversation. All right, guys. Well, um, just wanted to finish up by uh, throwing a few quickfire questions at you uh, as, a, as a bit of a tradition for people that we talk to, uh, just to, to find out where they sit on a few very, very important scales. Uh, the first one for both of you, did you have a favorite mech? Uzil. It uh, depends what uh, context you're talking. Uh, MWO. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but like in Solaris, my favorite mech would be the Spider Hero. In Quick Play right now, it would be the Hellfire. Historically, it would be the Vindicator 1R. And to make reference to people would be the Slowpoke. Okay, fine. Solaris, none, because uh, I don't play it. Uh, MechWarrior line, probably the Uziel. Probably Tabletop would be the... the um... Oh god, what's that Goss one? The Hollander. Uh love the Hollander. And um yeah, so that's those are mine. Good answers. Excellent answers. Okay, uh, your favorite uh, iteration of the property. So do you guys enjoy tabletop more? Um the RTS with uh Battletech, the first person shooter with the MWO. What's your favorite version uh, of the Battletech property thus far? Uh War Online for me. I would say pretty much everything. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Like you know, like granted, I haven't played tabletop for about two decades, but uh, uh, I I plan to like you know, like in the, in the future. But I would say just everything. It doesn't really matter if it's MechWarrior Line, BattleTech MechWarrior Five, or or even just a tabletop. Everything about it, I'd love. And uh, yeah, I'll just go from there. Nice. Uh, and Clan or Innersphere? Innersphere. Innersphere. 
period. End of story. Yeah, I generally have to go in a sphere and make one online. They're the tankier faction, the quirkier faction. They're much more about slugging backwards and forth. It feels much more rock and suck and robots. And hell, even in the lore, IS is much more about bringing axes to enemy face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, love it, love well, it. Plus, they're also harder to go play against the clans. Clans have a lot of advantages that the industry don't, so it makes it a lot harder to go play against other people that do have clans that take the easy button. I like the underdogs rather than the Mary Sues. Same here, same here. All right, guys. Well, I've really enjoyed the conversation uh, today. If we can close by uh, just giving us uh, or giving the listeners an idea of where they can tune in and how they can support the work that you do. Oh, well, actually, one thing, just be part of the community. Um, another thing is uh, we also do have SoundCloud. In fact, I'll, I'll give you all the links um, down below, I guess. And, uh, and then also on OldBot10025 for YouTube. But the main thing is spread the word. That's that's how you can support the channel. Spread the word, like it, um, go ahead and uh, um, go on Twitter, go on YouTube, like the videos, and then comment is, is also helps us as well as far as trying to get new content or even suggestions too. I just think um, if you're interested in this kind of content, come along and have a listen. If you like it, I will you're welcome to stay yep um <laughs> yep and if you want to if you want to then be bob's little busy bee feel free busy bee biz, biz, biz. love it well like me guys make sure you do hit that subscribe button uh, on the first circuit podcast just uh go to old bob's channel on youtube uh and uh that's where you'll find these guys and the rest of the crew and the irreverent fun that they have well guys have loved the conversation thank you so much for coming on and uh yeah look forward with catching up uh with you guys on your channel Oh, definitely. I would love to have you on. Blarg. 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 Destroyed. If you did enjoy this content, then please consider supporting us. You can do this in a multitude of ways, including subscribing to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leaving reviews, as well as subscribing to us on YouTube and liking our videos. You can also support us by sending us feedback, either through comments, tweets, or directly through email. Tweet and follow us on Twitter at IncomingP, or email us directly at IncomingMissilePodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us directly by becoming a patron or sponsor. You can find us on Patreon at Incoming Missile Podcast and choose one of three tiers of support. Patrons not only get mentioned on the podcast and get access to exclusive content, but can even join us as a guest host on the podcast. You can also opt to sponsor an episode through one-off donations, all of which will be used as giveaways for our listeners. So if you had a product, service, or content that you'd like us to mention, contact us to discuss sponsoring an episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to hearing from you. We appreciate you listening and we'll catch you next time. Shutdown sequence initiated.